Today, we're going to continue our deep dive player series. We're going to talk about Parker Meadows and Javi Baez, kind of two different sides of the aisle there, all today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, October 16th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Download the Game Time app today, create an account, use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Alrighty, well, we are back. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Uh, how about them Detroit Lions, baby? How about them? Five and one for the first time in over a decade. The last time we started off five and one, I was in middle school. So fun times to be a, a Lions fan. The Wings, I'm over the also the co-host over at Locked On Wings, uh, talking with Brian. Fun weekend. In Wingsland, Hockey Town, baby. Big uh, win on the home opener against a good team. I mean, Cade Cunningham, hopefully he's going to play some uh, some basketball for the Detroit Pistons soon. Some preseason action. Maybe it ain't all bad. Tigers exceeded expectations this season. Maybe we're on the up and up. Just maybe. Just maybe. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll hold off on that judgment until a little bit further still very early on in uh, in all three of those seasons obviously but uh today we're going to talk about Javi Baez and Parker Meadows we're going to continue our our deep dive series just again we're we're at a point where there is no consistent news happening on out of Detroit Tigers camp really not even consistent news just no news period coming out of Tigers camp now we have fantastic beat writers here so if there is a lead on something that that you know someone reports on or uh, if there's, you know, like, oh, like I'm hearing or rumor has it, et cetera, then we'll, we'll obviously address those. But I do not anticipate too many stories coming out of, of Tigersville uh, until after the World Series, just because they can't do anything until after the World Series. So uh, let's talk about Javi and Parker Meadows. You know, putting these together is is interesting because uh, one of them people are really, really optimistic about and the other one people are super pessimistic about. Obviously, Javi being the pessimistic one, so we'll start with him. You know, first off, let's just get this out of the way right now. He's going to be on the baseball team next year, okay? He, he's, not, he's not opting out. <laughs> he just had an OPS that starts with the number five. Like he's not, he's not walking away from over $20 million a year for the next, whatever it is, three or four years. Okay. So he he's opting in. He's not going anywhere. And when he does opt in, he's not tradable. No one wants Javi Baez the same way that you feel about Javi. And now you can't stand him and, and he drives you nuts and you, you can't stand watching him on the field. And you've been commenting on, you know, my shows for the last six months about like, get rid of this guy. He stinks. No other fan base thinks differently about me. <laughs> like you're not going to be able to like sneak one past anybody. Okay. So we'll start with that. Javi is not going anywhere. Now I will also say, I don't think it is impossible 
to build a winner with Javi Baez on this baseball team. I don't think that it's just like, oh my goodness, it's impossible for us to take a step forward. He's going to hold the team back, whatever. He he brings very specific and and uh, niche value, but but he, there is something at least that he can hang his hat on that can help the team win. And if you bat him ninth for the next four years, you can hide him in the lineup. Also, if he keeps batting with an OPS in the 500s, he's not going to make it the next four years. He's not going to be gone next year, but there will come a day where the Tigers organization goes, you know what, this isn't going to get any better. We'll eat two years of this, two and a half years of this, one and a half years of this, and 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 cut ties. But that time is not anytime soon. So buckle up because he's going to be here in 2024 when we're talking about the immediate future. Let's start with the approach. I Actually, that's a lie. Let's start with just his stats from last season so everybody gets kind of a, a good idea of just the, the Javi Baez experience in 2023. In 136 games, he had a 222 average, a 267 OBP, a 327 slug. Goodness gravy, those are not very good. A 61 WRC+. plus. That means he was almost 40% worse than league average at the plate. Uh, a 0.8 F war. The fact that it's positive is entirely due to his defense. He brought no value offensively. A 4.4% walk rate and a 22.9% K rate. That OPS is, I always have to find it because it's so far down, 593, which oddly enough is the exact same OPS as Nick Maton. And Nick Maton got demoted this season twice. So, Obviously not a very good year at the plate. We'll talk about his defense in a second, but I want to start with the approach. I've said this a lot. If you're an everydayer, this is not uh, a new take of mine, but we're in the deep dive episode, so we have to reiterate it. Javi has always and will always have this approach. Okay, He's always going to swing at, at sliders in the other batter's box sometimes, and he's always going to go viral for, for being a free swinger. Right, there's always going to be a clip of him going around like once a month. That is not going to change. And a just we got to accept that. But B, it is not impossible for Javi to be productive while still having that approach. And that's the thing that I think really goes over a lot of this fan base because he has always done this. And yet he has two six war seasons and has received MVP votes. Like, like not like, oh, like down ballot. Like, no, like top five finish in MVP votes. And that was still with the same approach. The issue is he does not punish mistakes anymore at all. It's completely gone. Now, when he was asked about it, he, he, Cited just he couldn't see the ball. Uh, that That's what he told Evan Petzl of the Freep. Like he just couldn't see the ball. And, and not in the sense of like, you know, physically, like he sees the the white ball coming at him. Um, but it, the the spin, like he just, he couldn't see the ball this year. And clearly that's been a thing that that has probably been formulating over the last couple of years. And some people think it's bat speed. I'm sure that that's part of it as well. 
but this is a guy who, despite being a free swinger and striking out all the time and never walking, like he, he was actually like close to league average in K rate this year. <laughs> and I'm not like, that doesn't make this season good. I'm just like, that's wild to me. Like <laughs> he was in the 12th percentile in whiff rate, the third in walk rate, the first in chase rate, and yet the 42nd in K rate. That's just funny to me. Um, but he he doesn't punish mistakes anymore. And if we go and look, you know, the, the cool thing about uh, all these analytics that we have now, like Javi has played almost entirely in the StatCast era, so we have a lot of data on him. But if you go back and you look at his really good seasons, 2018. 2018 and 19 is when he had like his back, back-to-back six-war seasons and was like legitimately an MVP consideration, Okay. 308 batting average against fastballs, 566 slug against fastballs. 2019, 270 average against fastballs, 520 slug against fastballs. Uh, You can go back further. 2017, 309 average, 523 slug against fastballs. 12 homers, 15 homers, 16 homers off of fastballs alone. He didn't have 16 homers this season total. He had nine. He used to get 16, 15, 12 off of one pitch alone, one type of pitch alone. 2016, 302 average, 449 slug against fastballs. And if we look at, you know, his his numbers against breaking balls and off-speed pitches in these years, 2019, 294 average against breaking balls, 275 against off-speed. But most of the other years, like 2017, 309 average against fastballs, 236 breaking ball, 240 off-speed. 2017, 234 breaking ball, 267 off-speed. Right? So, like, no one's asking him... To at least, I shouldn't say no one. I am not asking this guy to return to 2018 19 form. I'm not asking for six war Javi Baez. I'm really not. But if we can get just get back to actually punishing mistakes and just like hitting fastballs, then I think we can still salvage a, a, a ball player here. But that's what it's going to take. We'll talk about this year and where he ranked in all those stats we've been listing for previous years right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Game Time. We talked about Game Time at the beginning of the show, and they are the best. Uh, They're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices are shown up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Uh, They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. So for all my spontaneous people out there like me that just kind of wake up one day and maybe two hours before kickoff decide they want to go to a football game, this is the app for you. Football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater. If it requires tickets, there's a good chance that game time offers tickets on it. Uh, They have zone deals. You can pick the section and game time picks the seats. For an average of 18% savings. Uh, and the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same row and section for less, they will credit you 
percent of the difference. So download Game Time, the Game Time app today. Create an account. Use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code Locked On MLB. That's all caps, all one word for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, everybody, welcome back to your segment two of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping a couple more players, assuming no news comes out of camp, which we don't expect there to be. All righty, let's get back to Javi. So we, we've been talking about what he's been doing against fastballs. And while the average has really outside of, you know, like maybe the MVP caliber year, or two, uh, like for the most part, he's never hit breaking and off-speed pitches super well. And yet the slugging percentage those years has still been way higher. Uh, but the biggest thing I want to focus on continues to be the fastball. This year, 200 batting average against fastballs and a 279 slug against fastballs. That is a remarkable fall from grace. Right, we're not just talking about a guy that that oh, like yeah, he had like a 450 slug against heaters, right? And like he hit him pretty well. No, like this is a guy who who at one point was like rel- in the conversation of approaching 600 slugging percentage against fastballs in over a whole season, and was had over 15 home runs against fastballs alone over the course of a whole season, which is remarkable. So he needs to figure that out this offseason. That's the one one priority. Go somewhere. I don't care if it's drive line, right? That's the one that like is the famous one everybody talks about. I don't care if you hire a, a hitting coach. I don't care if one of the Tigers hitting coaches goes, you know, home with you for the for the winter. I don't care how you do it. You have got to priority one above all else. You have got to find a way to see fastballs again. I don't even care if he like continues to not be able to hit sliders. Like I really don't. Honestly, his batting average against sliders this year was 252, but you know, his whiff rate on them was 32 and a half percent, which is obviously very high. But like run value on four seam fastballs for Javi this year, negative eight. Sinkers, negative nine. Cutters, negative one. Like it's every single variation of a fastball he just couldn't hit. And that's what a lot of it comes down to. Now, outside of the approach, the contract, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning. I guess I jumped the gun a little bit on that one. He's not going anywhere. But that deal is if they just turn him into like the ultimate scapegoat and just do what they did with Miggy and are just like, oh, well, we can't spend because Javi, that's preposterous. Okay, we'll talk about it when we get closer to the offseason. Right now, the amount of money that you have guaranteed on the books next year, even including Javi, is like legitimately one of the lowest payrolls, if not like arguably the lowest payroll in the entire game of baseball. We're we're like in like Oakland A's, Cleveland Guardians territory. So don't let them, don't let anybody tell you like, oh, well, now we're just stuck with Javi's contract and we can't pay anybody. That's preposterous and not true. Okay. Um, the value he does bring is defensively, 
And it's it's with his range. He was in the 95th percentile in outs above average this year with nine OAA at shortstop as well, which obviously brings a lot of value because shortstop is a very important position to have good defensive value in. So he brings good value there. Uh, his base running numbers are pretty good. 64th percentile in base run value. That's with fourth percentile in batting value. He was obviously, again, terrible in that regard. Um, but the the like give and take with this whole thing in regards to like, oh, like he has really good range is that he also like is going to make errors, <laughs> right? Like we can't even have just like, oh, he's just going to be like some elite, elite defender. And that's all there is to it. Like he's, he's, he's going to make errors. This season he had 19 errors at shortstop. Last year, he had 26. The year before that, he had 20. So that's not going anywhere either. He gives you elite range. Like I'm not, I don't like genuinely elite. Like one of the the, the 10 or 15 best in, in the entire game of baseball. Elite, elite range, solid base running. But you need to get on base to be able to exercise the good base running. And... He's going to be close to the league leader in errors every year. Javi Bias. I don't care about the walks. I don't care about the strikeouts. I don't care about the approach. Just please hit 250 with a 450 slug against fastballs next year. And this guy will be a two and a half to three win player with his defense. And that's salvageable. That's playable. That's not an like a complete atrocity. It's very manageable. Okay. Oh, never. No, I don't enjoy. Just like I don't enjoy even talking about Javi at this point. Like, does that make like I don't even I don't enjoy really like publicly saying that anyone is like struggling or like bad quote unquote, right? Like he's still one of the best in the world at his job, even with an OPS in the five hundreds. It's just, it's the contract obviously matters and the role on the team going forward matters. He better be nowhere near the middle of the lineup ever again. I know at the first, whatever, two, three months of this season, he was that era is done. It's over toast. See ya. Just figure out how to pick up fastballs again, and we can salvage this product. Is that a guarantee? Absolutely not. It's probably likely that he rolls into camp next year. Still looking similar at the plate. But all we got in this world is hope, baby. So let's do it. Okay, let's talk Parker Meadows. Uh, Parker Meadows was a very fun story for the Detroit Tigers this season. Um, ended this year with, wow, 1.1 F4, a 99 WRC plus. So ended at about a league average clip in terms of offense, had a 240 average, a 338 OBP, a 376 slug, 
Uh, like I said, a war over one, which is remarkable considering he only played in 37 games. That's unbelievable. And an OPS of 714. A little less than league average, but not bad, all things considered. All right, so let's talk about Parker Meadows. We'll do that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at, drumroll please, FanDuel. October baseball is absolutely back, and you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join FanDuel today, and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts, home runs, who will win the game. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get your W, then predict what will happen in the next at-bat with quick bets. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. Talking about Parker Meadows, I think I want to start with just the value that he does bring. And then we'll end with kind of the, you know, where to go from here with Parker. Uh, I mean, uh, unbelievably valuable on the base paths. Uh, he is He ended the season in the 90th percentile in sprint speed. So, uh, one of the faster players in baseball, and honestly, when he first came up, uh, people were talking about you know him rivaling as, as far as feet per second go, you know, like Ellie De La Cruz and like the top of the top in baseball. So we we have a, a speed demon on our hands, which is obviously super fun. Uh, but the fielding is really where that comes into play, I think, the most. Like in a Comerica Park center field you need someone who can cover a boatload of ground. And that's what made Austin Jackson so special in center, right? Austin Jackson certainly had his faults at the plate, struck out a boatload, right? Like probably would have liked him to, to get on base a little bit more as a leadoff hitter. But like the reason why everybody loved him was because he is legitimately one of the best defensive center fielders in Tigers history. And there's a lot of metrics that back that claim up. And I think Parker Meadows, I'm not, you know, going to come on here and say after 37 games that he's going to be the best center defensive center fielder in the history of the organization. But that is the type of value that he brings. Uh, he had four OAA in 38 games. That's preposterous. That's absurd. That like puts him in like the 65th ish percentile in baseball in less than 40 games. <laughs> Like that, that, that's absurd. His arm strength also 89.3 miles per hour average arm, average arm strength. That's 81st percentile in baseball, top 20% in, in arm strength, along with covering a ton of ground, along with being able to absolutely fly and, and fill the gaps. I, this, this guy can really, really be such an impact player for the Detroit Tigers. And in the minors, he was hitting homers as well. And that's what really got people excited was this is a, a dude who he, he had pretty solid walk numbers down 
in AAA as well. He's never going to hit for a high average. He's never going to be some like 270 to 300 batting average guy. But if he can at his best bat 250 with 20 steal and 20 home run ability, right? If he can bat 250, put up a 2020 season and, and be an elite defensive center fielder, that's going to play. <laughs> and that's going to get people really excited. And he's going to be a big part of what this team has going for it going forward. Like a big part, like a like an integral part of this team being successful down the road. If he can, if he can just reach that. Which is like not the world. Again, like th this is a, a a dude. How many steals did he have this year? I'm asking for for a 2020 season. He had eight in 37 games, <laughs> right? Like with like he he's going to eclipse that pretty comfortably if he plays and stays healthy for a full season. The thing is going to be the power translating. And a lot of people say the power translates last, and there's certainly something to be said for that. Uh, but he only had three home runs in those 37 games. And a lot of it had to do, you know, we talk about Javi and the inability to hit the fastball. Uh, a lot of that is is somewhat similar on Parker Meadows' side. He had 234 average against fastballs and a 364 slug, a 208 against breaking balls with a 458 slug and then off speed hit 250. So like you're in the minors, this was a, a fastball hitting guy. And so seeing him then come to the majors, my assumption, which was obviously wrong was that, okay, like he's going to hunt fastballs and he, he's going to be able to do damage on fastballs. And it's going to be the breaking stuff and the off-speed stuff that it's going to take some time to adjust to. And that just, unfortunately, wasn't the case. He had a negative six run value against four-seam fastballs this year. He only hit 218 against four-seamers specifically with a 350, 345 rather slug. Um, and yet against sliders, he hit 286 and slugged 500, right? So like, it's 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 never black and white and it's never as easy as it seems right like there's always steps in development it's never just a straight linear path and and i i guess when when i was thinking about what he would be in this last you know month and change of the season that's kind of what i was looking for i was like okay if he can just hit fastballs and give me everything else i'll be good and you know he, he didn't necessarily hit the fastballs as well as i wanted him to but he still hit well enough like I, I think I said 715 OPS. I, I think I think I actually said 700 OPS. But if we look back on, you know, when he got called up, I had said if this dude even has for the rest of this season a slightly below average, like a 700 OPS to end the year, and can prove that he can be a big time plus defender and plus base runner, that's all I'm asking for, and that's exactly what he did. So I give him a ton of credit. I think he was making adjustments as well. Like he went through that 0 for 20, whatever stretch came out of it. Um, I, I, the, the last thing I'm waiting for is, is genuinely just the power to fully translate. And he's played in 40 flipping major league games. So like we have plenty of time for that to translate. It's not like, Oh, he didn't have it in 38 games. So it's over. Um, we, we have plenty of time for that to, to really come to fruition. So yeah, Parker Meadows, I'm really excited. And I think that that's my next step is just hitting fastballs a little bit better. But 
You know, in in terms, I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place here. I'm a little scatterbrained this evening. I apologize, but like he he has an 11.7 percent walk rate this year as well. 25 and a half percent K rate isn't like the lowest thing in the world. I guess ideally, maybe you'd like that to be slightly better. That's several percent worse than league average, but a walk rate of over 11 percent, man. If he does that over a full season, I'm gonna do a dance like I'm going to start break dancing in the middle of Woodward like that's that's phenomenal that that would be incredible right I'm not expecting him to maintain an, a walk rate of over 11 percent but like the chase rate was was phenomenal he did not leave the strike zone very often at all there are a lot of intangibles here and if he can be a high walk rate guy that has some pop doesn't hit for average too well doesn't really matter if he can do those other two things to me Give you that elite defense and give you that elite base running, as I've reiterated probably way too many times. He's going to be a really valuable player. Like if if he can do that in the next couple of years, you're talking about a guy who could like legitimately hit 240, but still be like a three and a half or even uh, four is probably a little fruitful, but like a three and a half win player. Despite having, you know, like a 750 OPS or a 760 OPS and uh, and a not a very good batting average. So that's what I'm looking for to Parker next year. As far as like the game plan goes for both of these guys, again, Javi will be the opening day shortstop. That's all there is to it. Um, and this team can be competitive with Javi as the opening day shortstop next year. It's not just impossible. It's not like, oh, Javi's that short. We must be, you know, like throwing in the towel for another year. That's not, that's not reality. That's not true. <laughs> this team can be competitive with Javi Baez in the lineup. He's one batter. You can hit him nine and he can give you good defense at short. Okay. Um, Parker, I think is the opening day center fielder. I I don't think there's really like, unless the Tigers have like secret plans to go drop a bag on Cody Bellinger, which I think there's a 0% chance of happening. Um, I, I would be stunned if Parker Meadows was not the opening day center fielder, which is super exciting. I am beyond pumped for a full season of Parker Meadows next year. So pretty straightforward just because, you know, these, these are two guys that uh, that have team control or are under contract. Everybody's pretty well aware that they aren't going anywhere. So not really any huge insightful, you know, what does their 2024 look like? We can talk about performance-wise what it might look like. But as far as role on the team, two starters up the middle, baby. Two important pieces to the puzzle. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in. Every day, we'll be back tomorrow recapping, recapping. I always say recapping because just because it's second nature to me. Um, But uh, doing deep dives on a couple more players unless we get some news out of camp. Um, Yeah. Sorry if I'm a little scatterbrained. I I feel like I was. That happens. ADHD is a thing. But I, uh, I, I, I try my best, I promise. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. And I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.